Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Hey guys, it's Brian Jackson, 4th Down Experience Podcast, along with Chris Hughesby. We have a long snapper joining us today to help out with you long snappers that have always asked if we could have more uh, deep snappers on the podcast, which of course we, we enjoy and we can't even start a kick or, or a punt if we didn't have one. So we're excited to have the uh, AAF's San Antonio long snapper, Scott Daly, who's been with uh, a few NFL teams. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, yeah, excited to, excited to talk about some specialists. Yeah, thanks, Scott, for joining us on the Fourth Down Experience podcast. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on finally, and uh, yeah, excited to get started. Well, great. So you know, the timing of this interview is interesting too, because just last week we had found out that the AAF league is folding or being on hold, or or you know, not really quite sure what what's all happening here. But uh, I guess if you can. Talk about it. Um, one, talk about how your your experience was in the league, and then two, you know, kind of what's the latest or what what you kind of heard with with the league last week. Um, yeah, so um, my time with the AAF was nothing short of great. Um, had nothing but positive things to say about it. How it was run um, from the football side of it, and just my experiences with the coaches and the players and um, the front office staff. It was just first class all the way. You know, being with Notre Dame and the Dallas Cowboys, um, obviously they were very first class um, in everything that they did at the college and the pro level. So I was very intrigued and very open-minded going into it, um, just trying to, you know, hope for the best. But knowing that, you know, this is a startup league, it might not last very long. Uh, I don't know what to expect on how it's going to be run, but I was um, definitely blown away on, uh, on every end. Um, everything was very professional. It was run like a professional league, and it was just very impressive um, all the way through. Um, unfortunately, it was cut a little short. Um, as everyone knows, that it was um, shut down uh, right in the middle of week eight. Um, we found out, yeah, when everyone else did. Um, we were actually in the middle of practice uh, in the dome, getting ready to play against the Memphis, Memphis Express, um, having a primetime game on CBS at 11 a.m. You know, everyone was really excited. Um, playoffs were on the line, and we had heard rumblings about halfway through the practice from a couple guys who had phones that uh, there was an ESPN article coming out that the league was um, going to be suspended. And um, I honestly didn't believe it at first. Uh, we, we had heard rumors about that um, uh, the week earlier um, that the league could possibly get shut down, but uh, didn't really think much of it. It was trying to just focus on my job and making sure we were getting ready for Memphis and then um, unfortunately, our, our GM, Daryl Johnston, pulled us all together uh, midway through practice and gave us the unfortunate news that uh, the league had, uh, was, was going to shut down operations at 5 p.m. that day. And um, it was just unfortunate because we had such a very tight-knit group. Um, it was one of the most fun teams I've ever been a part of. Um, everyone was so bought in and really on the same page. And everyone just loved the game of football and uh, loved uh, being there and it was just unfortunate, unfortunate that uh, it was just cut short. I made a lot of great friends, a lot of memories, and 
yeah, just very grateful for the opportunity that I had with uh, Daryl Johnson giving me the shot, Coach Mike Riley, and uh, it was an unbelievable experience. San Antonio welcomed us with open arms. Um, the fact that we had 30,000 fans every single home game was absolutely incredible. And uh, the fact that we had a fan base um, overnight and the fact that they uh, loved us and supported us from day one was just amazing. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more perceptionally as a fan watching and getting to, uh, Chris and I've gotten to interview a lot of your fellow specialists that uh, played on different teams and whatnot, and you know, obviously, like you said, it's, it's unfortunate that it ended, um, but what's been pretty cool is seeing the amount of guys getting signed to NFL teams based off their AAF film. Do you, do you feel like you know the film that you're able to compile the last seven to eight weeks, do you think it'll end up helping you out in the long run? I think so. I think I put a really good product in the field. Uh, I was perfect on all my snaps. Um, was able to help our kicker, Nick Rose, uh, be perfect uh, 14 for 14 on his field goals. Um, also, got, got, got a tackle in there uh, against Birmingham, one of the games. So I tried to be as well-rounded as possible and showcase my skills. But, uh, yeah, with specialists, it's just, you know, as you guys know, obviously it's a little bit trickier uh, than uh, maybe other position players as, you know, there's only 32 jobs. Um in the entire league, one per team, and it's kind of hard to, you know, get in, in into a team. But once you're in, you're in. You can be locked in for 5, 10, 15 years. Um, it's just the hardest part. It's just getting your foot in the door. So, um, you know, just got to be patient. Got to just trust the process. Um, I, you know, I've done the hard work. Now it's just kind of waiting to see where the chips fall, um, see if I get any calls coming up here. But, yeah, just really excited for a lot of my former teammates. Um, I think we have 13 guys in the commanders that have already signed. Uh, with NFL wow. teams, which is nothing, and that's just with our team. I believe it's around forty or so with the entire league, and it's only been a couple of days since the uh, league has shut down. So it definitely wasn't um, it wasn't an issue on the football field. The product that we put on the football field was nothing short of spectacular, and um, you know everyone was bought in, just so invested, and um, we had great talent out there. It's just again, I just keep using the word unfortunate. I think it's probably the best way to describe it because it was just. Um, a great thing we had, and it was just sad that we could, you know, um, see it all the way through and finish it out strong. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Uh, you know, obviously, you never really know, at least from our perspective, what were the kind of the final reasons for it, you know, going. You know, you got that big investor that came in last minute and things like that, but it seemed to me, you know, that it would have been right to at least just finish off the last four weeks of the season. You know, and then after that, you kind of work out all the, the kinks or the details. But uh, was there any sort of, like, sentiment there about, like, hey, let's just finish this out, and then whatever's got to be worked out in the off season, kind of just be worked out? Yeah, I think it was just, you know, um, just out of our, you know, out of our jurisdiction or, you know, way, way above our uh, pay grade for you know, <laughs> why those moves were made. And, <laughs> I mean, um, I, I can honestly say that it wasn't a problem on the football field. I mean, I thought the uh, – the product that we put on the field um, was exactly what they hoped for, and, and then some. Um, I thought there was great talent. It was a great, great game to be watched. Um, from what we've heard, is that the ratings have gone uh, up and up each and every week um, from the different uh, channels that we were uh, streamed on. And um, yeah, honestly, we don't know. I mean, I'm sure hopefully, um, you know, as, as time goes on, we'll get a little more clearance on why exactly it happened. Um, but you know, with finances, it definitely gets a little bit. A little bit touchy and a little bit, uh, a little bit more difficult to um, to figure out why those things happen. Yeah. So, what was it like for you adjusting to some of the special teams rules that were a little bit different in the league? Because uh, it was no PATs, right? 
after yeah, um, it didn't really affect me in, me all all that much uh, in terms of um, actually on the field. You know, obviously the only difference is was you know no kickoffs, no onside kicks, and no uh, extra points. Probably the only adjustment I had was uh, the first couple of times that we would score uh, in our home opener against San Diego. I was so used to going out there after we score a touchdown to score an extra point. I had to kind of like, hold myself back and make sure I uh, didn't. Didn't go out there because we, you know, we had to go for uh, two point conversions at every single touchdown. So that was really the only adjustment I would say. Um, you know, pretty much all the rules were the same, and it was just great to, you know, just be out there, just playing the game I love, and just trying to compete and you know, make it to the next level. So Scott, you've been a couple of NFL teams. Maybe just talk about your experiences after Notre Dame and which NFL teams you've been with, and just kind of the the process and situation that that happened from beginning to end with with each team. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so I graduated Notre Dame uh, in 2016, uh, finished on my fifth year, uh, that 2016-2017 season. Um, it was unfortunate to go, uh, we had a finished out 4-8, um, definitely not the way that uh, I envisioned to go out, but uh, wouldn't change my experience at Notre Dame uh, uh, any other way. Um, when in my freshman year, competing for a national championship and uh, having the opportunity to start for four years was um, just incredible. Uh after that, um, got a rookie minicamp uh, tryout with the Chicago Bears, which was great, you know, being from Chicago and having the opportunity uh, to compete um, for a spot on that team uh, was incredible. Um, and kind of stayed in it, uh, continued to train, um, worked out, and uh, worked at um, where I trained for my uh, pro day training at EFT Performance Center uh, up in Highland Park, just uh, about 10 minutes away from the Bears facility, actually. So... Stayed in it, you know, as a specialist and a long snapper. Um, everyone who's gone through this process knows that it's a multi-year process if you want to really try and go after very few guys make it in after the first year. Um, that's definitely not the norm. So I definitely uh, you know, felt confident in my abilities and want to stick with it. So I uh, went to Coach Zahner's uh, free agent combine uh, last March and was able to perform well in front of uh, NFL coaches. Uh, Coach Zahner does a really good job of uh, bringing coaches out. He still has a bunch of relationships with NFL coaches, and I believe every NFL team was there uh, in attendance and was able to get some workouts after that. Worked out with the, the New York Giants, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, in the end, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who I eventually signed with uh, a couple weeks after that. And just had an amazing experience in Dallas. Um, had the opportunity to compete and to learn uh, from LP, who's been there for, shoot, going on his 16th year. And Definitely one of the best long snappers to ever do it. Um, just a professional, all those guys, um, LP, Chris Jones, Dan Bailey, and to be able to, to compete for that spot and to have friendships with them and um, just to grow um, and with my craft, it was uh, just incredible. So, And that, luckily, uh, with my time in Dallas, allowed me um, to be allocated to the San Antonio Commanders, and uh, I was able to get a call from Daryl Johnston and, uh, offered me a contract to play for those guys uh, this past season, and uh, it was just great. You know, it's crazy how things work out and how the chips fall. But uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm sure as you guys know, a specialist journey is definitely a long, crazy road uh, to get to where we're trying to be. But uh, I'm just enjoying it for what it is, and just trying to um, soak it up every second of it and give my very best and see how it ends up. So, as you know, obviously the AFL folded a little earlier than everybody expected and just maybe even folded and kind of surprised a few people. Uh, what's next? Obviously you're trying to, probably you and your agent are trying to, you know, find find a spot where there's a need in the NFL. 
Has there been discussions with the XFL that's coming up where maybe you could get allocated with them if you don't land a spot um, this fall in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just taking it one day at a time. Um, you know, just right now, just trying to stay in shape, make sure I'm staying ready for when that call comes, uh, that I'm ready to go for, him, uh, for when that opportunity arises. Um, uh, with the XFL, I honestly don't know. Um, uh, obviously, never say never. I mean, I don't want to close any doors um, that might come up. Um, I haven't exactly looked into that just yet. I'm sure when it gets a little closer, I'll um, you know, touch base with my agent and see if that would be a viable option, if it is an option. Um, but, yeah, I just got to keep my eyes open for what happens. And, you know, things can change, um, you know, with the snap of, of a finger. Someone can get injured. Someone can get, um, you know, messed up, uh, whatever it may be. So just trying to stay ready as best I can and, uh, you know, jump on that opportunity when it comes. Yeah. Hey Scott, so maybe just some fundamental things here with long snappers, you know, head down, hands, wrist, whatever, you know, just if there's a long snapper listening, which there, there will be, um, there are, where, what are two or three tips that you would give a high school or a young college guy? Yeah, for sure. Um, biggest thing is just try and keep it as simple as possible. Biggest thing uh, that I think all great snappers and specialists um do is not really to keep it simple and then not to overthink the one thing that really can uh, cause a long snapper um, to have some problems is to really overthink the process and um, think of way too many things when he's out there and it just causes a, a whole uh, uh, array, array of problems and I think if I can say a couple tips uh, for a long snapper is uh, first off to keep the weight on your heels um, the biggest thing is for a snapper uh when the ball can, uh, starts to go high, um, that's usually when the weight's on the middle to the front of their toes. Um, second, I would say, is just keeping your butt down. Um, that, again, just allows the ball to be on a more level path, um, causing the ball to uh, go right to the area they're trying to aim for, which is uh, the hip um, to chest area. And uh, second thing is, um, if you're a righty or lefty, it doesn't really matter, but if you're dominant hand, um, you know, just grip it like you're throwing a football and your opposite hand, non-dominant hand, um, just be nice and gentle enough to where, um, if someone tries to smack the ball out of your hand, that, um, that the ball would just fall right out and just trying to have that, you know, that constant motion. And the biggest thing is just practice, practice, practice. I mean, it's just like, like a golf swing, um, just to be able to use that muscle memory down and be able to work constantly to where you go out, out on that field. It's just second nature. You don't even think about it. I'm kind of curious, um, obviously as a free agent now and, and trying to pursue the league, what what kind of training do you prefer most? Do you like you know snapping to somebody, like a, just, just a target, or do you prefer to snap with a, a live punter or snap old kick? What kind of gets you through and just keeps you in, in rhythm in the offseason while you're waiting for your next opportunity? Um, most definitely I would prefer uh, snapping to a person, whether it's for punts or field goals. Um, it, it just definitely makes it as game-like as possible. Um, but there are definitely times where you're not going to have that luxury um, uh, wherever you are, wherever you're training. Um, sometimes you're not going to have someone um, to catch for you or hold for you, and you got to be creative at that point. So um, sometimes if I do that, I'll um, put like a cone up uh, right to where the punter's hip is and place it on top of something, whatever it is. Whatever's there, whether whether it's it's a hurdle or if it's like a pad or whatever it may be, and just trying to be as creative as possible, trying to hit really small targets, whether it's a tennis ball for PATs or if it's a little small cone uh, for punts, and just trying to you know make my target you know the whole mindset of aim small, miss small, to where you're trying to you know be as perfect as possible and, and meticulous to where uh, when you go out on game day, 
um, you're able to, you know, execute and, you know, miss as little as possible. Well, nice. Well, Scott, we always like to ask all of our um, interviewees and, and pro specialists this, this question, and uh, it's a fun question, and through all the experiences you've had uh, at the FBS level in college and, and as well as the pro level, and, and obviously we're going to keep on continuing on to play, um, what are the top five stadiums you've played in? Um, you know, name any of them that you'd like out of those since, since you've been playing ball. Yeah, no doubt. Um Obviously, number one, I got to go with Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, there's really, you know, obviously been very fortunate and very blessed to be able to play there for five years and um, to call that place uh, my home stadium for five years. Uh, it was just incredible. Um, there's really nothing like it. I think anyone can agree. Whether you're a Notre Dame player, Notre Dame fan, or if you're even not, just coming for a game, there is just it's one of the greatest traditions um, in college football history. And um, a game day at Notre Dame Stadium, there's just nothing like it. Uh, my second, I would say. Um, Probably uh, Clemson's uh, Tiger Stadium, I think it's called, uh, if I'm mistaken. But, uh, yeah, definitely Clemson. Uh, we got to play there my senior year. Uh, the weather was a little bit uh, less than cooperative. Um, it was almost like a hurricane game. Um, but, yeah, we got to play there on college game day. Stadium was rocking and definitely a crazy atmosphere to be a part of. Um, third, I would say, is uh, AT&T Stadium. Uh, I was able to play there. Luckily, um, uh, once uh, at my time at Notre Dame, we played there for – this thing called the Shamrock Series, which is a home away from home game against Arizona State my sophomore year. And then, uh, luckily, I got to play there when I was with the Cowboys. Um, just, you know, just a, definitely one of the nicest stadiums, um, you know, just a spectacle in terms of, um, you know, everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> and it definitely, uh, it definitely goes without saying that's one of the nicest places I've played at. Um, and now probably, unfortunately, one of our biggest rivals, uh, Michigan, playing at Michigan Stadium. Um, we got to play there. I think it was. I think it's still one of the biggest crowds I've ever been. I think it was one hundred fifteen thousand. We got to play there uh, my sophomore year. I think it was uh, one of the first night games uh, in Michigan uh, Stadium's history. I think if not the first, it was the second and uh, fifth. I would probably say. Um, How about favorite AAF stadium experience? Favorite AAF stadium, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I have to be biased and say the Alamo Dome. Uh, The Alamo Dome was definitely cool. Um, I was able to actually play there um, when I was uh, my fifth year, my last year at Notre Dame. We played there for one of the Shamrock Series games as well. So it was kind of crazy how everything comes full circle and got to play a couple more home games there. And uh, it was definitely incredible. We were definitely spoiled to you know have the only dome um, in the entire league, but. just to have fans packing every single game and um, just how loud it got each and every time uh, we were out there was just incredible. So I'd probably say that would be my top five uh, favorite stadiums I've played in. Nice. Well, Scott, last question I want to ask here, and it's more to help out the snappers. If you could just kind of you know, tell the listeners what your recruiting process was like to get into college. You know, Did you do it yourself? Did you, did you get ranked and that helped? Or you know, what was it like to get... What did you have to do to get into Notre Dame as a snapper? Yeah, um, I think, um, you know, any long snapper who has gone through the college recruiting process can attest and say that you have to be very, very proactive. I mean, coaches aren't going to, you know, be down on your door, you know, uh, looking for snappers, you know, uh, coming to you to look for snappers. Um, it just doesn't work that way. Um, you're not a five-star quarterback. You're not a five-star uh, running back. Um, as a snapper, you really have to get in these coaches' faces and um, you really show them uh, what you got. So, for me, um, it started off with just going to college camps, just trying to 
pass the eyeball test, get in these college coaches' faces, and, you know, uh, try and get my name out there as best as I could. So um, starting my junior year, I started to really, uh, you know, push harder with the recruiting process and go to these college camps. Um, I went to Notre Dame, Northwestern, uh, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, um, just try to go as many as possible just to get my name out there and uh, not just go doing that, but, um, you know, sending out emails to coaches and pretty much every single school I can find an email address to just to get my name out there. And uh, luckily was was able to do well and I had to help with uh, Chris Rubio. I know with Chris Rubio long snapping since my sophomore year in high school and followed him throughout the country to all of his camps, his college camps. Um, and, I was able to do well and be ranked uh, the number one long snapper uh, for my class uh, in the year of 2012 and um, was able to get a full-ride scholarship offer from Northwestern in January of my junior year. And, um, you know, from then just kept on pressing on uh, and luckily was able to get an offer um, from Notre Dame on in April of my junior year and committed right in the spot and was just so fortunate. I knew that second I went to a game at Notre Dame a Stadium, uh, I knew I wanted to go there. Just the, the academics, the athletics, um, just the overall uh, spirit of that place is just truly special. And um, just very grateful it all worked out that way. And I just, again, as long snappers, you have to be proactive. You have to put your name out there, put your face in these coaches. I can't say how many times I drove out to Notre Dame um, when they had spring practices. I had my spring break and me and my dad went out to three spring practices, um, you know, give them at five in the morning, driving an hour and a half out there just to get my face in front of these coaches and show them how serious I was that I wanted to play for Notre Dame, I wanted to play for them. And um, it's definitely not easy, you know. He's got to put in the work. You have to, you know, you know put your head down and, and do everything you can to get out there and, you know, hopefully everything works out. Nice. Certainly. Well, what? Scott, man, we really appreciate you being on and, and giving us some, some great information about your career and even some awesome tips that you and I learned as just a specialist coach. Uh, we really appreciate you taking our time to talk with us, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it, Scott, and wishing you continued success. And I'm sure we'll be in touch down the road. And wherever you land up next, probably want to talk about that next journey. Absolutely. Be happy to. All right. Appreciate Thanks, it, Scott. Scott. Later, bro. Yep. Thank All you. Right. Thanks, Scott Daly. Hopefully, will be the next uh, long snapper signed an NFL team after the AF is folded. What do you think, Chris? I think so. You know, the fact that you can uh, have perfect snaps through through the league, you know, and then you got the film to prove it, and he's he's got the pedigree of you know having some time with the Cowboys and even Notre Dame. I think. I think he's definitely going to get an opportunity to, to showcase his stuff again. Agreed. Yeah, he sounds like a awesome guy. I think I possibly met him at one of the pro, cramp, pro camps a couple years ago. Uh, but he's, he's uh, man, 14 for 14 for Nick Rose, even his kicker. Hopefully hopefully Nick Rose gets signed back too. But I uh, really appreciate it, Scott, being on. And, and uh, you long snappers, make sure you reach out to us on 4th Down Experience Twitter or Instagram pages or even our personal pages at Team Jackson Kicking or Special Teams FB and and let us know of any, of any long snappers that you'd like to have on the podcast during the future. Yep. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, 
This camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps. That's NKR underscore camps. Or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out nationalkickingrankings.com. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.